Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast, where we interview student ministers about student ministry. There's a lot of people out there that have great things to say, and we just want to have conversations about student ministry so that we can just share and, and learn together. I'm your host, Steve Cullum. I'm the student minister currently at Rockingham Christian Church in Salem, New Hampshire. And today we have Aaron Stetson, who's the youth pastor at Wyndham Presbyterian Church in Wyndham, New Hampshire. One of my great friends, and I'm so glad to have him on the show today for our very first episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's just start off and let's just, let's just hear your story. What's, what's your story? How did you maybe become a Christian and how did you get into ministry? Uh, yes. So I grew up as a uh, pastor's kid, uh, for better or worse. Uh, my dad started uh, at a very small church when I was about four years old. Um, my faith development very much is tied through uh, the story of my parents and, and especially through my dad and just kind of walking through life with him in ministry. And um, I felt a, a calling in my life very early to ministry, uh, as early as 13 years old. I, I remember telling my grandmother that I wanted to be a skiing pastor. Uh, I still haven't figured out how to do that yet. If anybody has any suggestions, I'll definitely take those. Um Definitely, my faith journey was has been one of significant points along the way, kind of moments of clarity, I like to call it, as opposed to maybe one bigger conversion experience. Um, just times of understanding. I remember having a conversation with my dad about, about communion and, and why do we do that and what's the point of that and when can I have some bread on Sundays because I'm hungry <laughs> during the service. A little bit's going to fill your stomach. Yeah, it yeah. didn't. Um, so... Conversations like that with my dad and just kind of getting an understanding. I remember two two real specific highlights, uh, I think, where things really clicked uh, for me. One, uh, I would say maybe junior high, late junior high, early high school. Uh, again, my dad had gone to this conference and he came back with a video. I believe it was actually Bill Hybels from Willow Creek. And, and he just gave a very simple gospel presentation. He was drawing it on a whiteboard uh, per usual. And it was just kind of the cliffs uh, and it, it, just very basic. We've all seen it. Uh, the house, we're separated from God by a, an abyss that's infinitely high, deep and wide and, and uh, how Christ with the cross uh, bridges that gap. And it just after all these years of all those years of hearing it, it, it was that moment when it made sense. And I remember going upstairs to my room and praying and, and making a commitment there. The other really foundational moment for me, I think, was my junior year in high school. I remember sitting in, in church on a Sunday morning and uh, out of nowhere, uh, what my dad was preaching on actually made sense and it felt like it applied to my life. And I... I you hear dad talk all day long, and so on Sunday mornings, a lot of times it doesn't feel very different. But but at this moment, it just it, it hit me, and uh, it was as if this sermon was, was geared towards me. And I just remember, again, kind of really having this time of clarity and, and, and time of commitment and, and of understanding uh, for my life. Uh, so from there, I went to a Christian college. I went to Gordon College uh, in Wenham, Massachusetts, and... As a youth ministry and biblical studies major, I kind of knew all along uh, that I that I wanted to be in ministry, uh, and specifically in youth ministry. Um, when I got out, I actually had a pretty difficult time finding a ministry job, so I uh, did about seven months of training towards becoming an electrician. 
Then I did find a job. I worked with uh, Young Life uh, as an area uh, field staff uh, intern for a couple years. Uh, the funding in my local area ended up drying up, and so I was three hours away from home. Uh, no ministry, no ministry perspectives, and my wife and I decided to make a transition back into electrical work. And so for six years. I spent the time to get my electrical license, my master's license, my master electrical license, and did that, uh, like I said, for six years. And then uh, I guess it was, well, almost six years ago now that I felt the call of God again back in my life saying it's time to get back into ministry. And uh, out of a whole string of events, I saw one church that uh, just seemed like a good fit. I sent one resume. I had five interviews, and I've been here uh, almost six years. Wow, cool. So you are what we a lot of people call bivocational minister. Um, you know, you have the other paycheck from the electrical work and stuff, but you're still you know working for the church as well. Um, the next question really is, you know, what's ministry look like? And so for you, um, that might look different. Like for for some people that are able to do it full time, some people are able to do it part time. Um, but a lot of people might be in a similar situation with you, like trying to do it, you know, two jobs at the same time. Um, what does your ministry look like? What's the programs that you run here at Wyndham Prez? You know, how, how does that all work for you? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm technically full time at the church and uh, my wife tells me I'm technically full time with my electrical as well. Um, so uh, I would say ministry for me very much looks like uh, multitasking, uh, technology and phones. And I stay very, very connected with my students, uh, a lot, very often. Uh, yesterday I was, uh, multitasking. I was installing some under cabinet lighting, uh, while, uh, counseling some, a student about, uh, just some family struggles that they were going through. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility in that. Our, um, uh, one of the things that I love about being bivocational is it forces me to focus on, in ministry, forces me to really focus on the major things. I can't spend uh, an inordinate amount of time perfecting the look of a newsletter. Uh, and some of these things that where, when you have a little more time, not that anybody has time in ministry, I get that, <laughs> but when you have a little more time, and when I've been in those positions in the past, you can really get sidetracked by this flyer has to look perfect and this event has to be perfect. And, uh, I just don't have that luxury. And so it, it focuses me, forces me to focus, uh, on the majors and not get caught up in some of the fringe things. And so I really invest uh, my time primarily into, uh, my, my talks for my messages for youth group. We, we have, our particular setup is we have middle school and high school separate, uh, which some people say I'm insane for doing that for a time-wise. Uh, but for our group, that really works. So I have youth group two nights a week, um, and and my one of my driving forces is clear communication of the gospel, uh, and and I put a lot of stock and a lot of weight into doing that uh, week in and week out. Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. I think for a lot of churches and a lot of ministers, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by all that administrative stuff and all that other stuff that just kind of clouds the waters. Um, but if you have a limited time, you it forces you to be simple, and I think that's that's a huge benefit actually in ministry. So, what you have two different programs for your student ministry? Um, what's your middle school look like? What's your high school look like? Are they very similar? Are they drastically different? 
What's the, what's the actual program look like for them? Sure. Uh, our, uh, <clears throat> yeah, our, in some ways they look very similar. I, I use the same message uh, that I adjust accordingly as I, as I see fit. Uh, typically I, I prepare first for high school and then give it a second time for middle school. Uh, I find a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm changing things. Uh, one of the bigger formats is, is we always try and have a, a discussion time. Uh, as a part of uh, both groups. Um, my middle school students are more than happy to say whatever they feel uh, blurts out of their mouth uh, in front of anybody sitting in the room. So that discussion format is really uh, more of an open one. I'll, I'll kind of stand up in front and I'll put some questions on, on the screen and uh, it'll be an open discussion. Um, <clears throat> my high school students are not remotely interested in that. And so we'll do... I'll do a, a printout with some questions uh, that I'll kind of have them just gather in small groups right where they are. So it's a very, very informal, shorter, small group time. Uh, it seems to work pretty well. It's not perfect. Uh, I haven't found a perfect system. Anybody who does, uh, please email me. <laughs> um, but it, it does seem to work. Uh, it does facilitate some some good discussion. Um, programmatically, we do... Uh, I've actually found... For middle school, I, I start with the talk. My training and uh, common sense always said, well, you got to do activities first so they could get the energy out, and then you do a message after that. I beat my head against the wall for several years, and then finally, by a fluke, because of a scheduling conflict, we had to switch it around, and it was night and day. Um, because my experience has been that once they're going, they, they keep going, and they don't really settle down until long after they get home so I've heard and so it makes for you know you kind of start off on a on a more mellow note and and there's that expectation coming in the room and um and then games are at the end and you get them wound up and give them sugar and send them home and parents (laughs) love you um high school is uh is is more of a traditional format and that we have games and activities and things of that nature first and uh, and then the message is and discussion time is is at the end. Cool. Has uh, has that evolved and changed through the years, or has that been pretty much your the way you've done youth ministry, the way you've done your youth group since you've been here? The the discussion questions have have kind of gone back and forth of discussion time a few different ways. Uh, I'm not in love with the way we do it, um, but it seems to work. Uh, right now uh but by and large the format has has pretty much other than the major shift uh a couple years in with with the the time of the message for middle school uh other than that it has remained that pretty much since my time here i think it's important to yeah i always remember to to be yeah a student of the culture like what's working with your current group and be willing to change if need be um because you never know some things might work for one group and they might not work for the other group cool so the last question I just have for you is what's some tips, tricks, things like that you've learned along the way that you'd like to share with other youth ministers that might be listening, people that are kind of maybe starting out, maybe been in it for 20, 30 years. What's some, what's some tips you've picked up? Uh, there's two things I think for me that have come to mind. Actually, that's a lie. Uh, I'll go with three. Uh, first is Nobody likes the idea of it, but I'm a huge fan of being bivocational. It's it's a huge stress at times, but at other times it's 
for me as an electrician, uh, it's a hobby that makes money. Um, I, it gives me an opportunity to clear my head. It gives me an opportunity to get away from ministry. And it gives me an opportunity to do things that have an end date. Uh, anybody who's listening and is in ministry and has been in for any amount of time, it never ends. There's another conversation that needs to be had. There's You have a student who makes a... Uh, strides in their faith one week and then you know three weeks later you have to pick them up from a party uh, or whatever uh, and and there's just no ministry never ends there's there's always need for more and having something that has a, an end I finish a job I get paid I move on to the next there's so much relief in that that um, that you just you don't necessarily get i mean you do get some relief when you a big event comes to an end but it's that's that's a big thing um and it frees me from where we live in the country is very very high cost of living and it frees me from having to beat up my church for more money because i could not afford to live uh, in this town (laughs) that our church is in. It's one of the wealthier towns and this frees me up to do so. And I can be more engaged in the community, um, which is a huge benefit. And, and our church, like probably everybody else's church doesn't have the budget, doesn't have the money to afford to pay any of us what we really should be getting for what we do. So it's a, it is a freedom in that. So bivocational is the first one. Uh, the second one is, uh, having longevity, um, to be in a place consistently over a period of time. Um, here in New England, people don't trust you for a long time. Uh, I started having real conversations, I would say, about three and a half years into my time here. Um, and the longer I'm here, the more fruit I see. I have younger siblings of students who've, who've graduated uh, coming through who, who I've got an established trust with before. Uh, before I start, and that's just such a that's such a key to be uh, somebody who people can trust, uh, somebody who's around uh, for the long haul. And I have a really unique situation here where my predecessor was at my church seven years, and I'm in my sixth year. And so we've it says a lot about our church. Not that it's not without frustrations, but uh, to be able to have some tenured people in youth ministry. Um, and, and our program has seen the benefit of that. That's not patting either of us on the back. It's just uh, there's a big benefit to that. And I, I think it creates much more health in the ministry because you don't have, you don't have this turmoil of who's going to be next. Uh, I'm aware of a church nearby that is on their third or fourth youth pastor in three years. And that breaks my heart. Uh, because it breaks my heart for the kids because they don't have somebody that they can go to. Right. The, the last one I think is really, uh, and I think some of this comes with tenure, but authenticity and to just be real uh, with students. Again, part of this is, I think, is uh, a mentor of my, mine uh, once said to me that uh, high school students, all high school students' biggest spiritual gift is crap detection. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on here or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but kids know when you're a real person and, and to be appropriately vulnerable with them and, and to be somebody to whom they can come uh, to. I, I have a, a student who at uh, one point had started making some pretty poor decisions and they came to me and said that they were 
they knew I would be disappointed in them. And I said, uh, I said something along the lines of, as much as it may hurt to hear, I would, I would much rather you feel comfortable enough with me to tell me these things than to just completely avoid me knowing or fearing that, that I wouldn't listen or that I would have uh, such a high standard. And quite honestly, sometimes higher standards than we hold ourselves to. Uh, as people in ministry. So authenticity is, is so, so huge. Uh, students know it, and it just makes you more approachable, and and you're going to have deeper, better conversations. And I think he, I think the students really, really appreciate that. Cool. Great stuff. Great stuff. So thanks for joining us, Aaron. Um, if people want to find you online and, and hear more about you and, hear, and uh, read more from you, um, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, sure. I'm on Twitter, uh, Aaron underscore Stetson. Uh, you can find me on there. I have a blog. Um, I believe it's Aaron.Stetson at WordPress. Uh, it's not a very frequently used blog. It is geared towards youth ministry and thoughts and that. And I do need to get on that more. But uh, there are there's some on there. But you can definitely find me on Twitter and, and there. Cool. Well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, God bless your ministry. Thank you very much. This has been the Student Ministry Podcast with your host, Steve Cullum. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or other podcatchers like our host here, Podbean, and you can get every episode as they're released each month. You can also share it with others who you think might enjoy this podcast. We'll be back next month with another episode.